welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Spooky Jordan. Oh, man. And this week, we are talking about the very spooky, but not actually, philosophy school. And we are joined by our guest today, Kendra. Hello, it's Kendra. Or should I say boo? But I am from the <laughs> Manga Academia podcast and the Haikyuu podcast. Who's this? What's who, who writes this manga? I wonder who could it be? Oh my gosh. No spoilers. We haven't gotten to that section yet. God, Kendra. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even started, but that's actually a super good transition into the manga detail. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck it. I'm going to take the low road and let's get on because this, this recording is going to be a fucking weird one. I will say, I feel like I do have to um, state the actual title of the series. Go for it. Kiben Gakua Yotsuya Senpai no Kaiden. Believe literally translates to... um, The series didn't make any sense. (laughs) That's what it means, but it literally translates to philosophy school ghost story or something. Like, Yotsuya Senpai's ghost story in philosophy school? Fucking, I don't know. There's a ghost of Senor Yotsuya is one of the translations. <laughs> Senor Yotsuya! Hello, I am Senor Yotsuya. I was watching too much Encanto, which... Hola! That movie is the most rough draft made to production I've ever seen, because there are a lot of lyrics in those songs that don't make any sense or don't line up with the video, and I really want Jenny Nicholson to do a video on Encanto where she can point all this stuff out. What movie? Mm-hmm. Encanto. The Bruno one. Yeah, the, we don't talk about Bruno, the one that has capybaras in it. I have no idea what you're talking about at all. Go get Disney Plus and stop being a plebe. <laughs> like, the main thing that stood out to me is there's a song, and, like, it's two sisters singing to each other, and then just to rhyme with the last lyric, one of the sisters goes, everybody get out of the way, but they're literally dancing on top of a rooftop, and it's just them by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I was like, did anyone actually check what the visuals of this song was? Oh, that's great. Clearly, they did not do a pass, which reminds me a lot of the translation effort of this, which we will get into. But for now, (laughs) let's get into talking about the actual details of the manga. Now that we have a rough idea of what we're going to call it, I'm going to keep calling it philosophy school. I don't know about you guys. I'm going to call it philosophy school. I don't (laughs) fucking... Horror school. Horror school is actually, I think, more accurate to what it's supposed to mean. But fuck it. It's philosophy school. So let's move into it. Just so you guys know, when I do a Spanish accent, I am doing a Spanish accent of European Spain, so it's not racist. This reminds me of Dungeons and Dragons campaign where I played a Mexican wrestler and I had to figure (laughs) out how thick his Spanish accent could be before it got kind of offensive. (laughs) I really walked a tightrope every single session of that campaign. I feel like you fell off the tightrope once or twice, but I know you were trying. It was a great campaign. It was a lot of fun, yeah. I was a gross turtle monster. You did such a great job, Lewis was afraid to meet you in person. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, though, to get into the series itself, it was based on a one shot, which I did not read because literally every person who said they read it said it was absolutely horseshit and that this was a million times better and this was also very bad. So that really (laughs) concerned me. Spoiler alert, based on the chibi, my impressions did not change of the series. Okay, but now I I do actually want to read that one shot just out of morbid curiosity. It's the room of manga one shots. The main difference would be he's a teacher in it. And then there's like some explanation about like how limbs are stored, which I appreciated because I was like, the stuff's just going to rot. I appreciate the attention to detail on that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And so as we alluded to, this series was created by Haruki uh, Furuodate, which is the creator of what series, Kendra? Haikyuu! Everyone's second favorite volleyball manga after Jordan. What's the number one volleyball manga in Shonen Jump? (laughs) 
Oh god, um, um, oh no, shit, um, um, Beast Children? High school family. Oh, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> that was the most perfect setup. Well, he set you up, he did a serve for you, or like a set? Yeah. Disappointed Gomez face. I guess you're the co-host on Shonen Flop from now on. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Yeah, Jordan had a pretty good run. Yeah. Unlike this series, where it <laughs> ran from March 1st, 2010 to July 5th, 2010. It ran for three volumes and 18 chapters. So mm-hmm. this was at least a merciful read. We are not having a beachy moment where that was really fucking long oh. and really fucking bad. Okay, so Kendra, mm. Beachy, which is by Okubo, who did Soul Eater, is that was his first, uh, first project. It was 20 chapters long. So we were like, oh, this is a short series, but we didn't realize until we started reading it. Our poor guest, uh, Riley, he each chapter was double the length oh. of a normal chapter. Because <laughs> uh, that's what I always confuse with Boichi, because it's Beachy, Boichi, like Boichi, Dr. Stone guy. Yeah. yeah. But I will say Riley, 400 IQ, read one in four chapters, and we couldn't <laughs> tell during the recording. <laughs> At all. And it's called the Riley Method, which <laughs> I was so extremely tempted to do when we read Bokasan. <laughs> oh. Look, if if Bokasan, if every chapter was 40 pages, I would have totally understood. We would have changed what manga we were reading after the 30th. Yeah, we would have just <laughs> stopped. <laughs> All right, so though, enough about other terrible series. Why don't we find out about- <laughs> This terrible series. <laughs> you know, this is reminding me about, I just came from Italy because this plot is a lot of fucking spaghetti. Where let's go <laughs> about the manga. It's a terrible meatball. Sorry. <laughs> I did a fucking like cross before I read Jordan's plot summary because I was like, this poor man having to write this. Oh, I wrote this at uh, about 5 a.m. this morning. So. Oh, good. <laughs> Jordan, take, have a sip of coffee and take it us away. Okay, so there's this creepy middle school kid that no one believes actually exists named Yatsia, who is obsessed with writing horror stories. He's approached by a girl named Makoto Nakashima, whose friend Hinano went missing recently, and together the two decide to prank a serial killer teacher into being arrested by convincing him he's being haunted by a spooky disfigured doll. But he didn't kidnap Hinano, and instead kidnapped a much younger, completely different girl. Because it turns out that Makoto's friend was kidnapped by just another middle school student who had a crush on her and was crazy. This kid just tied her up and put her in a shed and I guess she was just there for like multiple days and it's not really a big deal. They rescue her and resolve what is that time the only plot thread in the series but at this point it's only chapter two so the series resolves its plot immediately. Popcorn David. Yatsuya saw her earlier and is like, oh, she's here. And I guess he like freed her, but he didn't tell anybody and decided to do the prank thing. Yo, I just kidnapped her as a prank, bro. Yeah, no, it's a prank. They had like flip phones because the series is so old, so they couldn't even. It's not like uh, fucking. <laughs> Remember the fucking YouTube prank guys from Double Taisei? Oh, my God. Those guys. Kendra, you should read Double Taisei. Oh, yeah. Double Taisei rules. <laughs> It's definitely the most garbage fire that loops back to being amazing series. Yeah. I just love the guy who like lives in the 
bodysuit or something? Yes, and it becomes a fashion trend. Okay, anyway, back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a long time ago, an art student killed herself, and the image of her hanging created the perfect composition. So the teacher drew it, and they try and scare him by dressing up the girl's grandson or nephew, depending on the translation. But it turns out that the kid was actually Yotsuya's target here, because they were trying to get the teacher to kill himself so they could see another perfect composition. None of this is relevant to anything. Completely irrelevant. Not a single bit of this comes back at all. Yeah, Yotsuya and Mokuto scare a teacher who wants to remove Yotsuya's class desk because he's never fucking there, but whatever. Popcorn, Kendra. A new guidance counselor who looks like a fox appears and starts spreading rumors about a Ouija board-style ghost called Kokuri-san that answers yes or no questions, which leads to everyone going fucking insane because it tells kids to steal hair and tells the teachers to be abusive and they all do what it says for some reason, or it's kind of like telling them to do whatever they want. Yatsuya spreads an alternate rumor about it. He, like, said there's, like, another one and, like, one mangles children's bodies and it's like, what is real, what is not? I don't know. I don't know what's real and what isn't while I'm reading this manga. But that's the whole point. It's a meta, meta narrative, Jordan. Yeah. It disorients you, you know, like a horror movie, I guess. It tries to be like a bit too meta. And then finally, a student's sister turns up decapitated, killed by the principal. I think we saw her body. It was like this weird thing that kept getting brought up. But the principal, whose name we don't even know, a brand new character who suddenly went insane and wants Yatsuya to write a story about how scary he is so people will remember him. Yatsuya says he will, but won't use his name, thwarting his plans, I guess, as well as like, I think he decides in the end to not share the story at all. Maybe? Yeah, that's what he says. He'll never tell anyone the story. Oh, okay. I got confused. Big shock, I got confused reading this series. We all did, buddy. It's okay. Yeah, I read it a few times, too, just to, like, I mean, I need to remember what happens in this. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm glad somebody here has a little more grasp on the plot. We should have just had Kendra write the plot summary, I guess. <laughs> I, sorry. Uh, no, you're, you're fine. You're doing well. Keep going. Keep going. They scare him until he gets arrested and everyone cheers up the victim's brother by finding a birthday letter that the victim wrote to him on the back of her seat, like right before she died because she bought him like a birthday cake. Then there's a time skip and they're in high school except Yatsuya's missing kinda and then he's not. Boo! Gotcha! The end. <laughs> what a fucking twist. Oh man, thank you Kendra, that was great. Very based of you, as I, David likes to say. <laughs> yeah, that's David's catchphrase he started doing like a couple months ago. He just says based now, it's just a thing. I've had to tell people what based means I think at least three times now. David, what does based mean? That Sniper Island is in your heart. Yes. Um, cool. <laughs> an acidic base. There was that green text where someone was like, I was, in so- I was in chemistry class and someone asked what the opposite of based is and I responded cringe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 so anyway, you know what else is cringe is fucking characters in this series. <laughs> so I'll get started with the main character who I have wanted to be calling Yotsuba, a much better manga this entire time. But it's Yotsuba Buntaro. And thank you, Kendra, for letting me know his last name is not Senpai because the manga was not clear with how they kept writing his name as Yotsuya Senpai. I was wrong. His last name is Yots, Yotsu. Yeah, Yots. Sorry. Yeah. How dare you, Kendra, not not be able to figure out exactly what's going on in the series? The but they fuck? like never mentioned Buntro. Buntro's like only in the one shot, I think. Even there's a moment in this series where like Makoto mentions that like all we know about Yatsuya is like his given name or the name that people call him or something. So so they only know like Yatsuya or something. Mm-hmm. 
Who fucking knows? But anyway, he collects stories. He loves horror. He has no traits. There's absolutely nothing about him that we know about. We don't even see him ever leave the school, which I guess is kind of the mystery. Is he really a person? Is he not? Yes, he is. It's pretty plain. He's a real person. I also think that, like, Yaltsia is easily, like, the most interesting character in the series. Yeah. Not that that's saying, like, that much. There's, like, two characters in this series that are vaguely kind of interesting. I enjoy... Yeltsia and Makoto's like interactions together usually mm-hmm. like sometimes when it's just them but like the thing I like about Yeltsia is that he's just kind of like an edgy teen yeah I'll get into more of it later but like I don't know there there are some positives with Yeltsia mm-hmm. He's not an offensively annoying character he no. just is very bland you know it's like I enjoy eating saltine sometimes I don't even feel like he's bland. I just feel like he's used very poorly. Yeah. I feel like he does get like a bit of development when he goes like for the cherry or cherry one. He's like, oh, if you die, I can say whatever I want about you. But then he's kind of like nice in the end when he like goes out of his way to like remind the brother of his sister's like voice and like send her last message. I think he kind of like warms up a little bit. That's fair. So Jordan, would you like to talk about the uh, Duro protagonist? That is uh, Nakashima Makoto. She's an eighth grader. She's kind of dumb. Yep. In like a charming kind of way. She's a kid. That's kind of her thing. Like she's just kind of caring, Mm -hmm. not that smart, and does enjoy hearing the spooky stories that Yatsuya tells. Like she approaches him because her friend is missing and because he is like, I guess a detective. I guess he's like, like Yusuke Urabeshi is like spirit detective or something. (laughs) But yeah, she's also easily frightened. Mm-hmm. And she loves food. Oh, she yeah. loves food. I think like she doesn't really like the mysteries at first. Yeah, she just kind of doesn't have anything better to do. Well, I'm going to be clear here, David. She loves Dango. Yes. She does love Dango. Loves that Dango. Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> She's the only person that we actually really see substantial like out of school. Like we meet her family, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she has all these family members that don't matter. <laughs> It's really funny for her is that like if you go to the uh the anime my anime listing for her like her and one of her brothers is the only people with like anime quality like pictures because they appear in Haikyuu like as themselves. What? <laughs> yeah. So is it the same character or is it like um Ozu with My Hero Academia? It's like same character. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, yeah, my sister got in some really weird shit <laughs> with ghost stories and mass murders, but whatever. Let's play, let's talk about volleyball. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, her brother is, like, or kind of a rival to Hinata a little bit. Like, they play his team, and they shoot Scotia. Like, their family is the only one who goes to their matches for some reason. Like, no one else ever brings their family, or, like, parents, I guess. So is she, like, like a major character in Haikyuu? She's, like, there for two seconds where it's like, oh, this is my younger sister who, or I think, like, they change the ages as well, that she's younger instead of older, but, like, she runs around a lot or something. What the fuck? Retconning? Really? (laughs) Oh, my God. She's, like, minor in it. Her brother is, like, kind of not, he's not, like, he's just important for that match, and he comes back later a little bit. That's that's all right. That's cool. That's fun. And then, uh, Kendra, while we have you, do you want to talk about the next major character, the substitute teacher? Shinoma, he's kind of an asshole, but he, he, I love that he ends up helping. It's so, like, random. He's just their friend now. That was actually nice that he ended up, like, legitimately redeeming himself as a character. It was, but it was also, like, this guy's here now? Yeah, he's supposed to be a substitute teacher and he just stays for the whole time. Yeah, he's not a substitute. He's just their teacher. I got confused as hell. 
So what happened was there was a kendo club, and mm. then I guess imagine if there was just like in the background a news replay kendo kendo club bus crashes, and that's yeah. why he's still there's the teacher died in like a car crash with the team on the way back. But he's like an asshole with a heart of gold, and he has some like words of wisdom. Like when the Makoto like tries to jump over fire, he's like, "No, you're my student. Like, please don't die on my watch." <laughs> I don't know. I love that they pranked him because it was a nice like little break from everything where they're just mad that he got rid of the desk but he's their friend now yeah well we'll get into the positives i thought that was the only good part of the series and then should we go on to the next character yeah tadanobu kudo who is aka evil uh yotsuya he is a counselor he thinks humans are gross he helps set up murderers he's kind of fucked up in the head but is he like still there after the time skip like he didn't go to jail they did not scare him into getting arrested no you fucking helped convince people to kill other people how are you still how do you still have this job he like saved them with this like weird building thing from the he gave a more air to a fire and it helped somehow david who would fire him the principal got arrested (laughs) flawless logic of course also he's a fox guy yeah he's like behind the kiri game like he's making people do it or something he like he's a hypnotist basically yeah, like, he spread around the concept of the Ouija board and <laughs> called it something else, basically. And, like, everybody says he looks like a fox, and I guess he kind of does. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, you know, it's a, an, an anime fox, I guess. It's so dumb. I don't understand what he does, to be honest. I think he was kind of introduced to kind of be, like, the rival when, like, you need something else. Okay, we need the rival, have somebody to counteract it. It's so weird for your rival to be a teacher. So his rival is like 15 years older than him. (laughs) At least we don't know how old Yatsuya is. And he mentions that he's just been in middle school for a long time. Like he mentions he used the like cherry story before. And that was like 20 years ago. So it's like, wait, how old are you? Like what's happening? Like maybe you are a ghost. I would love it if the series ended with the revelation that Yotsuya was a ghost. It almost did. <laughs> what if, like, yeah, someone was like, who are you been talking to this long time? What do you mean I'm talking? And then he just, like, fades away. And it's the only actual uh, paranormal thing in the whole series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Kendra, I believe you pointed out a couple completely non-important people, too. <laughs> I wrote it down, not important people, just because I like them. Hidano, uh, she's a kidnapped friend who they say, but she comes back and helps out and, like, plays the ghost and they, like, use her shoes. I just love that there's another friend who's there to just help out. It kind of feels like a little friend group. Oh, Komachi-sensei, who's, like, a nice teacher, a bit of a pushover, but she becomes a hard-ass and, like, kind of gets possessed by the weird Ouija board game. But she ends up dating the other teacher, the substitute teacher guy or something in the end. Right, yeah. I just think it's kind of cool to follow her story a little bit. Sata Hasegawa, he's the brother of the murdered Hanako. And he's, I love that he's kind of in the background of chapters when like other plots are going on. Like it turns out they weren't close. You're like, wait, did he kill her? Leads to like the moment where um, Kodo invites him to see her family. Mm -hmm. That's like a sweet kind of moment, you know, where he's like, wow, I haven't had like a family cooked meal in a very long time. And yeah, it's, it's a sweet moment. 
Yeah, and like the not sad, lonely <laughs> line I really like. And just the kind of mentioning the anniversary of his mother's death is his birthday. Oof, yeah. They cheer him up and he's kind of like an accurate reaction to someone getting murdered. It's kind of showing like behind the horror story a little bit and how like what happens when the principal tries to do a horror story and it like impacts other people. Mm-hmm. And also we get to see like Hanako being more than just a scary name or like a stereotypical name in a horror story. Like being reminded of his sister's face and voice is really sweet because that's like, I think that's the second last chapter and it's probably my favorite favorite just because yeah i think like horror and like it, oh it's, it's a lot or not all, all the time i guess hot girl gets murdered and you got to solve the case and obviously that's not all the stuff and like even jinji ito i think what do you guys remember what the one is where it's the scary hot girl and she like murders people tomei right yes you're right that is just kind of a trope you know where it's like <laughs> oh the evil seductress you know mm. she'll kill you or it's like oh no this this hot girl got killed oh it's it's so much worse because she's hot so like, I really appreciate that, 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 like, also we have, like, the two girls, Hino and Makoto, kind of, like, I think I'm, like, reading a little bit too much into this series that I, like, wanted it to go into that. I apologize. That little part of it made me happy, but it's not really... No, it's yeah. fine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not everything can make you happy, so though, um, <laughs> why don't we go into Sorry. why it failed? Because we only have 55 minutes of recording time, so I want to make sure we can dedicate 50 minutes to this set now. <laughs> So why don't we transition to that and really start diving into the everything that the series fucked up? Yeah. Jordan, you were really excited to run this section. So what is the first issue you have with this series? Lay it on us. Okay, so this is the central core problem. The author is clearly decently talented at writing like characters interacting in ways that are like fun or cute or sweet or whatever, and just awful at writing horror. It's not scary and it's impossible to follow. I can see him writing this and thinking, okay, I'm writing a horror story. Horror is disorienting. Mm -hmm. Horror knocks you off your uh, off your game. It confuses you. You wind up in a situation where you're like, oh man, what's going to happen next? This is so uh, tense and stuff like that. But the author, in trying to make it disorienting, he just makes it completely confusing. Like, you'll be reading it, and I remember like going from the end of chapter one to the beginning of chapter two, it was like this huge whiplash, because like they just found a serial killer who cut up little girls, and then the next chapter, they're just kind of playing around and stuff like that, and it's like a compl- it feels like a completely different series, and it's actually like significant significantly better until the horror starts back up again. I also really do want to point out there is a massive fluctuation in stakes here. Yeah. Mm. First chapter, there's a serial killer who chops up little girls. The next chapter, there's a high schooler who kidnaps a girl and hides her in like a shed. Then, you know, we have like the student who like um, may have killed herself and the teacher like that. It's a complicated Mm -hmm. thing. But then we just have a teacher who's trying to move a desk. And (laughs) oh no, a kid might get kicked off the kendo team. Yep. And now this teacher's mean. And it's and then (laughs) for the last chapter, the author was like, shit, I got to really pull out something to freak people out. What if I do another teacher who's an evil serial killer <laughs> well it's a principle it's different oh it's the principle so it's yeah. it's more hardcore this time yeah i mean yeah i think clearly the author realized he needed to de-escalate the tone of the series but then he was like well i'm ending it so i might just make it really exciting yeah it, it was very exciting i will give him that 
That ties into the main complaint I had is that writing PG-13 horror is extremely difficult to do. Very, very mm. few people can do it because you don't get to have the shock value of violence or more mature content, you know? You can't really have someone strapped in a chair being tortured by someone in a mask to make it scary. It all has to be mostly psychological, which guess what? When you're not good at writing, you're not going to write things that seem scary just purely through the implication or through the intensity of the scene because you can't use shock value of violence. No, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's actually kind of a, a problem I hear a lot of horror fans talk about, like how there's so many PG-13 horror movies, because if you make something PG-13, you can get a bigger audience because, you know, you got like that a ton of teenagers who can now legally see your movie. But unfortunately, yeah, it results in like these much tamer experiences that just don't connect as much. And along with that, it really felt a lot of the times that this wasn't really a horror manga. It was like a parody of, of horror. <laughs> it was trying to be so meta it was like it was like a comedy manga about horror at certain times but then it actually does try and be horror like it fails at what like evil dead is able to do yeah feels like it's not sure if it wants to do like a detective story or horror because like horror stories you tell in like schools or like schoolyard horror stories you always know who the person is it's not really a mystery and I like I think it's always obvious who did it it's always like the weird kid and even when they try to switch it up like with the, the hanging from the tree one it just feels like weird and I, I didn't really like that one because it just seemed mean yeah I think like there's a bit of confusion where it's like is it her grandma is it her aunt because it's like Oba versus Oba-san it's like really similar <laughs> if i if i hear about say obama <laughs> i read like parts of that chapter and like different yeah. translations i don't know if that was a girl or a boy i genuinely yeah. don't like they, they swap back and forth depending on which version of the series you're reading for Dante is like so popular i just want them to translate this to make money and then like i can read it and enjoy it and tell what is happening more <laughs> I don't know if I would have enjoyed this series if it was better translated, but I think I would have been at least on some level less confused. Regardless of how spaghetti the plot might be, the fact that it is translated poorly does it absolutely no favors. Yeah. Some of the mistranslations here are are pretty funny. Sneakers. I, oh yeah, there's there's a moment where they're trying to talk about sneakers and they're just like, hey, did you get your Snickers? And then immediately after she says again, same misspelling. Oh yeah, I have my Snickers. I legitimately think she was just taking candy bars and sticking them on her feet, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is actually a prequel to Candy Flurry. <laughs> and for like a lot of the series, I was like, where are the police? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's I, a fucking Scooby-Doo. <laughs> They're just only kids solving these fucking mysteries. And like the cops do show up and they just like get their handcuffs stolen. I really wish it'd been a high school instead oh, yeah. of middle school. Yeah, I don't know why it wasn't. Yeah, but I guess it's so like they can graduate to that, but it just felt weird. I feel like it's almost like not trying to be like high level horror. It's like middle school level scary stories you tell your friend is like kind of the, the bar it was setting. Yeah. But we're reading this and expecting a better quality than that. And it's like, I don't think it even really hits the bar of doing that either. Mm hmm. I feel like. The tone is just all over the fucking place. It's so hard to get your bearings and even understand what's going on. And then, like, the fact that, like, um, the things characters say seem to be disregarded by what they say later. Like, the series is trying to be very clever and throw in a bunch of twists, but the author is failing to explain these twists in a way that is followable. So as a result, they don't become twists, they just become contradictions. 
Yeah, there's a total like tonal shift reset after every chapter. Like the big thing I noticed is there's zero staying power psychologically of these events. The teacher that mm. literally got tied up and like kidnapped and her, her hair cut off is completely the same as she was before this incident in the when she reappears. Makoto's friend was kidnapped by a fellow school student and held in a fucking shed for absolutely multiple days at least. And she's out, she's just happy and she's like, yeah, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'll help you out. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. Like, no, you should be in, you, you shouldn't be in school right now. You should be in like a hospital or something. You just went through something really harrowing. Why are you here right now? And I guess I wonder for the teacher if it's kind of that, I think you even like put it in your notes a little bit, like she puts that scary thing and then she also gets like possessed, quotation marks afterwards. So it's like it left her vulnerable, but it's not like the story really intended to do that even. It's all just stupid. <laughs> it feels like the characters in this series are acting like they're in a much sillier manga than this manga's trying to be. It thinks it's Scooby-Doo. <laughs> it does. It thinks it's Scooby-Doo. Maybe it thinks it's like Azumanga Daya or Lucky Star sometimes. And it's the Azumanga Dai. Oh. <laughs> That's a good one, David. That's a good one. Thank you. Azumanga <laughs> Dio, Yeah. And as I was writing my notes, I was like, oh, it's because horror and jump in general, so it's not like something you see often. But it, like, that's not really. And then I was like, wait a second, that's not really true at all. Like, Jujutsu Kaisen has horror elements. Chainsaw Man. Like, yeah, you're probably not going to see Jinji Ito in Shonen Jump, but like, there's definitely scary shit in Shonen Jump. He could put his cat manga in Shonen Jump. <laughs> oh, that is true. That is true. Yeah. I also want to point out Azumango Dayo also made Yotsuba, so we're two for two for references to that writer. Yeah. But speaking of things that actually are worth reading, why don't we get into the positives and talk about some of the little nuggets of joy this series brought. So Kendra, I know you're very, very excited to talk about it. So really, what made you want to, I guess, read this series and what did you really enjoy about it? scary faces i think there's sometimes i know you guys didn't like the horror but i think sometimes if people like turned at the camera and did like the scary eye thing it made me jump it's like our blood oath where that was like one of the few good parts is that there were these really intense visuals of people like you couldn't just read the first chapter of our blood oath which has pretty much the same theme mm -hmm. i feel like our blood oath pulled it off better though oh it definitely did yeah. <laughs> like the female main character, she has some good like smiles, I think sometimes. And like speaking of her, I think she's really cool that she kind of gets to be the like typical shonen protagonist where like, oh, she loves her friends and she'll act without thinking. But it's just nice that she's a girl. And like, I think you guys mentioned, you know, it's like she's not sexual, sex, ugh, she's not sexualized or anything. Brings up a good question because we're talking about how we feel like this would be in high school. I feel like this was in high school. She might have been more sexualized. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. I kept forgetting she was like an eighth grader. Yeah. Mm. But that hasn't stopped some series. That hasn't stopped some series, but thankfully it stopped this one. I just appreciate that characters come back, that her her fr her friend uh, Hino like comes back and helps out with cases. And just like, women aren't just dead bodies in the horror stories, they have feelings, have their own stories. And I kind of like that it only tells seven stories and kind of has like a nice bow at the end to be like, oh, I meant to end this early, what are you talking about? <laughs> 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 it was on purpose all along! Looking back, I, I do agree with you, Kendra. I mm. actually like a lot of the characters in here. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with Makoto. I, I think that she's, I think she's great. Mm. The way that her and Yatsuya interact is really funny sometimes because it's just, it's Yatsuya just telling her like a spooky story and then basically going, boo, ah, and it freaks her out. It's genuinely like pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I do actually think the series had good use of gray tones, which a lot mm. of manga just simply does black and white. So I want to at least note that. I know, Jordan, you still don't like it, but it's not like the author didn't put effort into their art. 
I'm actually going to say, uh, I kind of changed my opinion on the art. I think that the art got better after the first chapter. It's still very shaky in a lot of places. There's definitely parts where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, he didn't give a fuck about this panel. But there are yeah. definitely a lot of panels where I'm like, okay, hey, this looks like a professional fucking series. A lot of the panels look like screenshots from an anime. Yeah. I also do want to say that the only chapter that I legitimately thought was good was the whole fucking with the substitute teacher thing. (laughs) That was a good one. If that was the tone of this series, it would have lasted a lot longer because that was the sweet spot (laughs) being a little bit scary, but still being fun, like wink, wink, like being like the Scooby-Doo horror Mm -hmm. that the Oliver wanted this series to be. And I love how the main character says, I keep my desk there because it seems spooky that there is just a mysterious empty desk in the classroom and he gets so upset when the teacher tries to put away an empty desk it's really good yeah have you guys ever seen uh the classic 80s movie summer school no imagine in your head an 80s movie about what if like the substitute te- what if like you had to go to summer school but your teacher was like cool and that's the whole movie that's literally what it is and there's just like these two students in the class who are obsessed with 80s with i mean it is the 80s they're obsessed <laughs> with uh, low budget horror movies so they just make a bunch of prosthetics and freak each other out and like yeah. that's kind of the tone that I wish this series went with because that's kind of the character that Yaltsia is. And when it's just Yaltsia fucking with people like that, like it's it's good. It's mm. well, it's it's better. It's better at least. And sometimes it is good. I think that's a really good segue though into talking about where it could have gone because it sounds like the series definitely had some nuggets of potential. Yeah. Jordan, I think to build off of your idea, this should have been like the spiritual successor to Cool Shock BT like we talked about in the Chibi. Yeah. Where it's just the main character creating horror stories And he's actually self-fulfilling the stories by just fucking with people in really funny ways. I liked the moment where, like, he convinced Makoto that there was, like, this spooky girl who was, like, obsessed with horror just, like, somewhere at the school and nobody knows what class she's in and nobody knows who it is. And, like, everyone thinks she's kind of weird. And then at the end, he, it revealed, it's revealed that, like, actually it's her. And now since she's gone around asking everybody about this non-existent girl, <laughs> they all think that she's weird, loves horror, and is just kind of creepy (laughs) he's just gaslit the fuck out of her yeah no it's completely like now you are the girl it's it's good Mm. but like i i do feel like um this series just needed such a lowering in stakes yeah these stakes are so much higher than the series should have don't open with a murderer yeah (laughs) to open with a serial child murderer he's gonna kill an eight-year-old yeah, and he's killed many before, as they have established. It's like, for, like the first chapter feels like I'm reading fucking Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. That's a throwback. You want to talk about a series that doesn't hold up? <laughs> that's a, oh, well, that's God. significantly less fun to read when you're 30 than it is when you're 15. Well, there you go. God, I can't believe we're 30 now. But yeah, so Kendra, though, what would you say? Because I see you, you've written some ideas. Now, what really strikes you as changes you would have made to the series to have made it successful? I like the idea of kind of like having a rival horror story gatherer or something. And I guess just having the cops like be involved and maybe have them be like mad at them like, oh, you're investigating it wrong or you're screwing up my mystery or kind of just play with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the cops are useless just like in real life. Yeah. But leaning into that, kind of go full Scooby-Doo. At the end of Scooby-Doo, they like unmask and it's like, oh, it was actually me. And it's kind of like the opposite here where it's like they kind of put the spiritual over top of them. Yeah. I don't know, like have him turn somebody into an actual ghost or something like <laughs> is turning someone into a ghost just a fun way to say to kill them yeah i was gonna say that's very murdery of you 
I'm not gonna kill you. I'm just gonna turn you into a ghost. Ooh. Or like have the Hanako ghost. Like, can I just say every time you say Hanako ghost, I think you're saying Hanukkah ghost. I was thinking that too. <laughs> I don't know, Kendra, if you celebrate Hanukkah. <laughs> no. Uh, yes, just have a Hanukkah ghost in here. That's we what I say. Hanukkah ghost. <laughs> but we do have a new series by the Golem Hearts guy. Most Jewish manga we ever read, so maybe. Next to Red Sprite. <laughs> yes, that's true. And I think that just like as a rapper for this series, it would have been cool if he was literally just like about like a writer and he's like thinking and like all the flashbacks are him like fucking with people. And then there's like some meta narrative where maybe like one of his cases came back and like actually was real. Mm-hmm. You see adult uh, Yotsuya actually like dealing with the fallout of how he was fucking with people and how it turned out like, you know, this is like the zombie island, you know, the best Scooby-Doo movie of his life where like this actually was like a real like ghost or some shit and he's got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, that movie, that Scooby-Doo movie, that pissed me off. What? When it, when it was revealed that, like, oh, these are real monsters. I was like, shut up. You're Scooby-Doo. That's your whole <laughs> point. This is a fucking shark jump moment. Dude, <sighs> Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, where they had to deal with Lovecraftian horrors, was really fucking good. Mystery Inc. was, like, the good one recently, right? Mystery Inc. was Digimon Tamers of Scooby-Doo. It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great take, actually. I agree. <laughs> but speaking of, like, other things, I guess other series, I kind of wish they'd gone the Yu Yu Hakusho route of having, like, oh, you get to see former detectives. Like, see a former story gatherer who, like, graduated, and it's like, oh, this is, like, oh, he's, like, actually older. And it's like, well, this is, like, middle-aged woman who used to, like, work for him or something. And it's like, wait, what? Like, I don't know. Have fun with it. What if Yatsuyu just had, like, a ton of weird brothers? <laughs> And then that could be like, no, you don't get it. It's not that I have been here 20 years. It's that me and my brothers all look almost identical. Ichi Yotsura, Ni Yajiro, like kind of, they have not be the Vin Smokes, give it the number. Level. Yeah, exactly. What if he actually was like a 40 year old man that just looked like he was like 15. And at the end, he actually, that's the cops arrest him because he was like a pedophile. <laughs> Dude, I'm not convinced that isn't what happens in this series. And that's the last shot is him being pressed against the cop car with like someone like putting like a fucking blanket over the main female character and giving her some dango. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jordan like was processing all that and he like, he like polite laughed and he was actually like, that's actually funny. And then he laughed for real during. Yeah. Like, you ever see that Perry Bible Fellowship comic where uh, this, like, uh, Ocean King or whatever approaches this young boy and is like, come with me. And then the next panel is just that. The cops arresting him. Fucking love that comic series. That's a great comic. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, I feel like on that note, it sounds like we want to start talking about things that are not this manga. So why don't we do uh, get into miscellaneous thoughts? So Jordan, though, now that we're talking about miscellaneous things, please, what are some of your miscellaneous thoughts about this series? What the fuck is Yahtzee's deal? <laughs> we just said he's clearly a 40-year-old <laughs> pedophile that hangs out in the middle school. Is there, like, another way to interpret it, though? Like, that's what it really seems like it like, is. Like, why did they make him, like, <laughs> six and a half feet tall? It is really possible that Yatsuya is just canonically a ghost, but they never bring it up. Like, at the end, there's this weird moment where they're all in high school, and he's in high school, too. So they're like, oh, you made it to high school. And he's like, no, I didn't graduate. But it's like, wait, what? Then what are you doing here? What? Why are you here? What What does that mean in this context? You didn't graduate and you're in high school right now. Are you just trespassing? Because he might be. It's so strange. This is more of a what should have gone, but I wish she'd like, it could be cool if like she became Yatsuya instead and she became the horror person. That's how you end a horror story. Yeah. 
could have been he was an eighth grader and she was like a sixth grader and then he graduates and then the last epilogue is her carrying on the legacy now. Yeah. He's not even her senpai. They're in the same grade. We don't know how old he is. They never say. They imply that he's older than everybody else. And they imply that he's been in middle school for like, I don't know, 10 or 20 years. He keeps (laughs) failing English class. That's why he hates the English teacher. Remember when the English teacher was like a huge bitch? David, he he literally just doesn't show up to class. She teaches English, not math or something. Yeah, she bullied that kid into asking her for help. I love the moment where it's like she she gets better and they're like, yeah, so apparently some of the kids have really got have been trying to get her to slap them now. It's like that scene from Parks and Rec when Audrey Plaza slaps Chris Pratt and then he goes, he's like, yo, is it weird I have a boner right now? And she just goes, <laughs> ew, and walks away. <laughs> yeah. I also want to point out there is a moment where like, and these are these are middle schoolers, by the way, this kid starts cutting off the like girl's hair and yeah. then Makoto's like we all know you have a hair fetish but like chill which is just like a wild thing to say in middle school <laughs> I feel yo just imagine though remember how in the TV we said the the teacher that was a serial killer reminded us of Kira yeah and it's just it's like Kira being like dude you gotta chill of your fetish man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got a picture of Mona Lisa in the background <laughs> okay so really quick I guess like all the streets are mine. All your bass are belong to us. It gave me that vibes. That's the level of translation was the fucking all your bass. <laughs> yes. But then it, like the series talks about like, can you use language to kill someone? It's like, you're using it to kill this series because it's hard to read. My favorite misspelling was where Yatsia was like, Makoto, let's corporate. What? Makoto, we must become an LLC in order to stop the ghosts. <laughs> That's actually the plot of Trillionaire Games, so watch your mouth. <laughs> okay, okay. Mm-hmm. The other manga by the Dr. Stone guy. Oh, right. And remember how I joked how it looked like it was drawn by like someone who was an artist in the 90s? I found that the artist for Trillionaire Game is legitimately 65 years old. Oh, that's awesome. I remember reading like a couple pages of that and being interested. I gotta go back and read more. Yeah, maybe we'll do a rec up on it. Yeah. But yeah, and then there's the terrible implication of a 13-year-old having a 41-year-old grandma. Yeah. Ew. That was really fucked up. Was she 41 when she died? It seemed like... No. She was 13 when she died, and it's 28 years later. So best case scenario, his grandma would have been 41 years old having a 12-year-old grandson. But if the girl who died when she was 13... Yeah, she'd have to be like a teen mom, basically. Yeah. See, that's why I think the translation where it says that she's the aunt makes like 10 times more sense because I was trying to figure this out. Like, how did this 13-year-old girl who killed herself when she was a teenager have a grandson? The aunt makes so much more sense. Makes so much more sense. But it's still like, I don't know, again, like bother Viz or like at Seven Seas, I think it's another one. Get them to translate this one. All right, we're going to bring up Steve and Paul and be like, how much to translate this series? <laughs> yeah. I'm actually surprised that like the Haikyuu community hasn't tried to like properly translate I this. Know. Maybe they tried it and they just hate it when they read it. No, they just don't want people to know about this series. But yeah, and the main thing I was thinking about is this feels like a fake manga that was created for Bakuman because <laughs> this is the perfect <laughs> level of flaw and art style where I could have seen this being like his idea. And this is like the series they make that ran for 18 chapters and failed. And they're like, how do we make a good series? Because <laughs> it has about that level of thought put into it. It's one of those things where I feel like um, I can't tell if the author thought too hard about it or not hard enough it's one of the two 
It's really the Ben Shapiro p- paradox. <laughs> <laughs> what? So anyway, let's go to final verdict. Okie doke. So Kendra, please do us the honor of, or actually, I'm so sorry. Uh, you were going to start, but that is a lie, because I'm going to start by reading off the six word summaries. Yeah. And I will start by reading some community ones. Not a ton this week, because as you'll tell by the tone, our community did not like this series and they did not want to read it. So first of all, from T. Wolfwood, who is listening to us right now. Wait, I'm sorry. I fucking love Tuckers, but keep going with T. Wolfwood. Tucker is very based. Or like reading it, I feel like it would infect my phone. Like reading yeah. it, like fuck viruses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That did happen to me. Ad blocker. Love him. Anyway, T. Wolfwood said, I got focus on flashbacks. Help me. I know. I was thinking that the whole time, uh. brother. <laughs> Adam wrote, the real horror was reading this. And Tucker mm. said, what an ugly ass, unscary do-wang. Uh, so, Kendra, you were in the same thought space where yes. this was definitely a do-wang translation. Yes. <laughs> Doing is a reference to a very bad part four JoJo translation where they translated the name of the town, which is called Morio, as Doing. And there's literally a scene of Kira staring out into space and he's like enjoying the day saying, ah, what a beautiful Doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main villain of the series. Yeah. But Kendra, what was your six word summary? Oh, I had a few, uh, but like the horror to volleyball pipeline TM. That's pretty good. I think I'm counting TM as a word. <laughs> it's we've done worse. And like how not to write horror featuring Scooby-Doo, because I just really like the Scooby-Doo idea. So I just went with it. And also, please yeah. read Haikyuu instead of this. Hey, there is a dog in this. There was. Yes. So just read Haikyuu instead. Very good. How about you, Jordan? Characters go insane. So do you. I did. And I hope you guys like this mind because I rewrote it a bunch to get try and get the best wording. And I said, it's half spoopy, but all poopy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a strong contender for best six words summary. It's a pretty good one. <laughs> all right. So I think we can all agree this was a flop. Does anyone disagree? Kendra, actually. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> oh, fuck. I forgot about Kendra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What the fuck, David? God. God, I'm so terrible. How dare you? It's because Kendra's not Jewish. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the Hanukkah ghost, I admit it. Yeah, no Hanukkah ghost, sorry. <laughs> we are possessed by it every December, and sometimes November. <laughs> Once in September, that was weird. Anyway, uh, so Kendra, Kendra, is this a flop or not? Oh, I feel like it's almost a flop, but I, th- I I still like it. I think it's cool. The idea of having like, oh, it only told seven stories and it kind of like fits makes me say it's not a flop because I think like Furidate kind of got across what he wanted to do. I think it's not a flop. I liked it, but I know other people don't. I accept it. <laughs> okay, real quick. I'm sorry. This is totally out of uh, out of the topic, but the fucking seven wonders. What the fuck was that? I was so confused. They mention it. They don't mention it like ever. They say it once or twice and never explain it until like literally the last chapter. After when they add an eighth wonder. I was very confused. Okay, moving on. Sorry. I think I see that in a few other series that it's kind of like seven is just like a scary number, so they like it, and like telling horror stories is kind of like a tradition or something. So it's like, yeah. This is a thing that if I was Japanese, I wouldn't be as confused about. Okay, I, I can accept that. But they could All have right. leaned into that a little bit more. Like, I think they could have explained it in series even, would have been better. A translation note? They <laughs> yeah. did a few of those, you know? Probably <laughs> could have done that. Translation, I didn't even try. Yeah. <laughs> the translation, it was just like, oh, this is a scary face. And I was like, thanks, translator. I never would have guessed. Translation note, shit, I got to pick up my lawn, my uh, my dry cleaning in like five minutes. I don't mm-hmm. have time for this. Bye. <laughs> no translation, hungry. Bite into a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> I think this podcast is the most enjoyment I got out of reading this series. Yes. Yeah, 
So Kendra, though, mm. ultimately, what was your verdict? It's a flop, but I, I'm in denial that it's a flop. I understand. Per your sixth summer, I assume you would say read Haikyuu instead. Yes, read Haikyuu instead because it's really, it has like a few like scary faces to like intensity. And then the other one I would recommend is something that does like the seven wonders as well. Toilet bound Hanako-kun. So it's that name again, Hanako. I've heard of that. But it's kind of cool. It's very cutesy style, but then it goes like, I guess I, I'm a wimp for horror, but I still find it scary. I think other people do that. It's kind of like unsettling. There's like the girl who like makes wishes with a ghost. And then, like, the ghost is scary, and, like, the ghost wants to go to the moon. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. How about you, Jordan? What would you recommend? This is a certified flop, first of all. (laughs) No doubt. Certified. Oh, my God. Jordan, what would you say? Check out instead. Persona 2. (laughs) And I'm talking about the one where you fight Hitler. That's right. (laughs) I remember that one. Oh, yeah. Because the premise of that game is that um, by spreading rumors, the rumor that you spread becomes real, which I think is an awesome premise that justifies so much stuff. And it's also kind of similar to what this series is kind of trying to do, except obviously more supernatural. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Persona games are just cool. They are. (laughs) I thought you were going to say something like, be like, you have a little game called Halo. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Instead of reading uh, Kiben Gakua, play this game called Destiny. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Anyway, my recommendation is I'm actually going to recommend a PG-13 horror movie. So Jordan, I would say guess, but I assume you read my notes again. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to recommend Drag Me to Hell, which is by Sam Raimi, who is probably one of the masters of PG-13 horror. And I really want to say it definitely has the best horror movie ending I've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so that's a strong contender for a movie night. Maybe that's what we'll do, uh, Drag Me to Hell versus Shaun of the Dead for our October movie night. I mean, I would do Drag Me to Hell versus Evil Dead. That's a good choice, too. We'll figure it out. By the way, this is also a place to recommend Evil Dead, too. I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. That's the best manga, Evil Dead. Evil Dead's my favorite manga, yeah. Yes. Oh, Ash Coon. Why won't he notice me? (laughs) Ash Senpai. Ash Senpai, cut me with your chainsaw. Oh, he was the real chainsaw man. I think that's Mm -hmm. a uh, potential fan art that's out there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of, they took out the Chainsaw Man cameo out of the My Hero Academia anime. That sucks. Aww. I was so pissed when I saw that. They changed him to a Bone Saw Man. <laughs> <laughs> bone Saw is ready. Speaking of Sam Raimi. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited that he's directing the new Doctor Strange movie. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was actually like the one of the like, I think universally liked changes in production where so originally Doctor Strange in Multiverse of Madness was going to have the same director as the first one. And, and they had like a disagreement and then they replaced him with Sam Raimi. And literally everyone was like, OK, yeah, I'm completely fine with this. That's a great change. <laughs> I mean, not only is he has he made some great movies, he's all he was also the first guy to make like good superhero movies again. Anyway, yeah, so this was dog shit. My favorite thing while reading it was the fact that they used a piece of art from Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, which is a really, really good manga that not enough people read. That gave me a smile when I saw that as one of the scandalation like arts. Uh, mm. But yeah, and then speaking of shouting things out, why don't we actually go to shout outs where we can hear a bit more about what Kendra is up to when she's not reading terrible manga and recording a us. <laughs> so ready? Three, two. Did we miss the best? Is this the best or worst series and we compare it to other ones? Oh, fuck. Damn it. You're right. We got to go back in. (laughs) We're going back. So Jordan, though, it's been a long time since we've had a serious contender. So Jordan, though, is this worse than Build King? No. No. Okay. All right. So now to shout out. 
Here's the thing. The series at the end of the day has moments that I enjoy and has characters that I like and are just misused. Mm-hmm. Build King doesn't have any characters that I really ever want to see again, except maybe except maybe the vampire dad. <laughs> He's not really a main character. So I kind of liked it. So I'm going to compare it to, I think a good comparison is uh, Time Paradox Ghost Rider because they both, they both like kind of whoa, end where they whoa, want whoa, to. I, I do not like that series, so I'm going to talk. Whoa, <laughs> but- whoa. No, 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 we're not doing that. No, no, we ain't, we, no, it's all good. <laughs> but I think they both kind of do that thing where like, oh, we told a story, we need to tell an end. And well, this one, it doesn't like, it kind of like pulls it out of its ass a little bit. But also it doesn't have a huge story breaking, what do you call it? I would argue it doesn't have a story. <laughs> uh, actually, okay, I will not talk about Type Paris Ghostwriter. I just didn't like it. We'll move on. It's fine. <laughs> So Kendra's like, is this the best series you read? No, yeah. no, guys, no. the best series you've read sucks. <laughs> yeah, wow, fucking Sorry. nuclear hot take. That rules. Thank you, Kendra. I don't care. Go big or go home. Kendra's like, this is better than Chainsaw Man. Oh, my God. No, Chainsaw Man is better. A lot of stuff is better. I just don't like Time Paradox. That's fine, yeah. It's an acquired taste. An acquired taste that we we acquired immediately after reading it the first time. Yeah. What other series do we like on this show that you didn't like? How did you feel about Cop and Dolphin? Oh, you liked that one? Hardball <laughs> Cop and Dolphin, yeah. <laughs> How about uh, Mora King? I liked Mora King. I guess I didn't read all of it either, but I liked that one. I mean, keep in mind, we uh, we only read manga that got that flopped. <laughs> there is a ceiling of quality, you know? <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's go to shoutouts so we can talk about other things that aren't this series. Props to Jordan for making the opening and ending theme, being a great co-host and helping with editing. Hey, 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 you're welcome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Props to Mer Lyle for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thanks to Tucker for assistance with pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. Thanks to Nicole for helping with social media. Nicole's just taking a bit of a leave of absence. We wish her the best. Still a dear friend. We're always here for you to support, no matter what and uh, we look forward to whenever you get a chance though on that note if anyone wants to help us with social media stuff in particular tiktok because i am too not zoomer to understand it we are looking for someone that can hopefully fill out uh the very large shoes she left she was really a gem and i still consider her a very dear friend and i look forward to next time i get to see you once omicron isn't as much of a concern nicole's wonderful nicole we love you and we just hope things get better for you I also want to give thanks to Luke for being our community producer. We had a super awesome book club last month where we read Secret Wars. We had, I think, 14 people. Kicked it ass. was amazing. We already have 11 people signed up for the next one. It's an extra special one where the author of the book, Weeaboo, former guest from our Red Hood episode, is going to be in. So we're actually going to be getting to talk to the creator of the comic. So we're glad we finally got that to happen. We were very close to having Casey do it, but then he said, I have too much anxiety to show up to something like this. Casey Green, by the way, that's... That's who David is talking about when he says Casey, our buddy Casey. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Casey Green had too much anxiety to show up, but he did respond to our email, which is pretty rad. We intimidated him a lot and I get it. I also want to give a big thing out to T-Root, Rat, and T-Wolfwood for being our awesome transcription volunteers. This has been something we've been trying to do forever, but just to be honest, we hadn't had the time. And they just jumped on it, said, yeah, we'll write it down. And we're really excited that this is going to help make episodes of the podcast much more accessible. I can't promise when this one's transcribed. My goal is to hopefully be in two weeks, but of course they're volunteers, so I want to be respectful of the time they have. But we definitely will prioritize episodes as they come out. Or for our current focus being, we're going to do main episodes first, then circle back and do the cheap 
Chibis, and then we'll circle back into the Patreon stuff just because we know what the main, the most important episodes that have transcripts are for. And that will be showing up on our new website, which depending on if you hear this audio means that that new website is out. Jordan has done a fantastic job. If not, still work in progress. We want to make it perfect, but that is where the transcripts are going to live. And we will definitely talk about it in the next episode when it's out with all the new bells and whistles that Jordan's been spending so much time on. Yeah, seriously, guys, though, thank you so much for the work that you've done on it. It means a lot to us. And hey, mm-hmm. hey, hey, Trafalgar Wolfwood, I see you there. Thank you. The way that you write T. Wolfwood in the notes makes me think his name is Two Wolfwood. Like, the, like <laughs> it's like T-W-O, like Two Wolfwood. So is there a One Wolfwood? It's Two Wolf, Two Furious. Two Wolf, Two, wolf, two Furious. Two Wolf, Two Woody. <laughs> He's going to change his name in the Discord to that. Okay, so anyway, Jordan, is there anything else on your end you wanted to say? I got a couple things. First of all, David, thank you so much for editing this episode. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that you cut out all the things that Kendra said that would get her canceled. So thank you for that. I'm yeah. Telling, yeah. Oh no. I- and Kendra went on a long rant, everybody. Just like, imagine like the worst things she could have said. That's probably what she said. It's all true. <laughs> it's all true. Yeah. My second one is I would like to throw a shout out to my second hidden podcast. Ooh. <laughs> Mission Ignition. Oh. Every period of time that it takes for us to put out an episode, whatever. Uh, we uh, talk about a new episode. A new episode. We talk about the next episode of a series that nobody except me ever saw from the 90s called Vampires. It fucking sucks. Not that not our show. That show sucks. Our show's good. We're putting out some new stuff. The new episode we put out has Audrey, who was a previous guest on this show. Oh, Audrey's great. Check it out. Find us on Twitter at be the V, which is at B-E-T-H-E-V-E-E. And you can find us by looking up Mission Ignition on any podcatcher you use. So yeah. Nice. And then also, though, I want to say be sure to join the Shonen Flop Discord. Come hang out with us and talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. We also have a book club and do regular movie nights. We recently saw Dread 3D and next month we're going to see The Thing. Fucking love Dread 3D. So we have a really awesome group of movies that we've been watching. You can find a link to it in the show notes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We have a ton of awesome perks ranging from exclusive mini episodes, deleted scenes, and you can even help us pick what series we're going to cover next. You can find us at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And I want to give a shout out to to our patrons. So first of all, I want to give a shout out to our Chainsaw Man patrons, which are Pterodactyl Ghost and T. Wolfwood, who is listening right now. As always, I think we've given him like five shout outs. When we'll find out in the transcriptions how many times T. Wolfwood shows up in it now that we have those. <laughs> and then moving on down, I want to give a shout out to the King of the Forest, Albi, Gabe Landau, Maji Knights, Mark, M. Solovich, Marty, Overrated Apples, Scarlet, uh, Mirmadon, Sean McDreamy, The BBB King, BBB The... It's the kings, it's the kings of the forest <laughs> and their friend, Chainsaw Man. Okay. Woo! Yeah. Woo! And though, if you're not ready for a regular commitment, consider buying some merch. We have a ton of awesome designs, including the much requested Gomez Moon and Matchlet Punching Harry Potter shirts, along with cover art from this episode, and a portion of the proceeds go back to the original artist to boot. No worries if you can't help the show out financially. If you could like, rate, review, or share our show, it really helps us a ton. Spotify's introduced reviews, so if you have already done so, but you haven't done it on Spotify, it would mean a ton to us. We have 300 iTunes reviews, which is awesome. So if we could get like 100 Spotify reviews, that would super duper be great too. And you can find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast or our website, shonenflop.com. We're on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast. But enough about us. Kendra, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can they find all the amazing things you do? 
Thank you so much, yeah. Thank you for having me on. You can find me on Twitter at Sniper of My Heart, and I have two podcasts, the My Hero Academia podcast at MHA Pod and the Haikyuu podcast, View from the Top, where we talk about Haikyuu at Haikyuu Pod. But Haikyuu's over now, so we haven't really done new episodes. But when the anime comes back, maybe. But check it out. Sniper of the Heart! Yes, that, that's why I picked it. I just, I just love Usopp. He snaps your heart! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think Colton has Sniper 326, and I always think he's me, but he's not me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I keep seeing that guy. <laughs> so, the, oh, speaking of other people, I want to give some shout-outs. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to Thinking Critically. It's a D20 podcast run by a really awesome British guy. Not the one I usually talk about. That's awesome. I was on episode all talking about how do you make really interesting magic items and balance that out. You can find them at thinkingcritically.co.uk slash items for my episode. I also am going to play a promo for friend of the show Kami Jace where he has a brand new game show where you can win real money that's exciting so have me on because I love money <laughs> hello hello it's Jace host of the weekly cooldown podcast and now host of a new gaming trivia podcast called the greatest gaming game show ever I pit two guests against one another for my amusement and make them answer gaming questions for real money the winner takes their earnings and the loser must donate theirs it's fun mostly for me and it can be fun for you the listener follow the show on twitter at gg game show and be sure to listen to the Greatest gaming game show ever, wherever you get your podcasts. Greatest gaming game show ever. I also want to give a shout out to myself. So for those who don't know, I actually made a joke manga pitch that got picked up. So I actually wrote a script for a manga called I'm Single Because My Grandmother is a Two Meter Tall Former Professional Basketball Player. And it's all about a girl not being able to find love because she keeps getting cock blocked by her massive basketball playing grandma. <laughs> and so we just entered that into a manga contest. So find a link in the description below. If we can get 100 people to check it out, we can actually have a chance of really getting a place and who knows maybe i'll end up st- i'll end up becoming a professional manga writer writing basketball grandma <laughs> <laughs> or will you cover it if it's a flop oh absolutely kendra we'll have you back on and then david won't be allowed back on the show <laughs> for 500 dollars on patreon we'll do a show and a flop episode on david's manga he wrote and he won't be I on that read it, so i hope it gets done like that sounds really cool i will post a link to it once it is mm. it's actually it was translating the japanese which is crazy what? I didn't know this. Yeah, it's a Japanese contest. It's a legit real deal contest in Japan. Oh my god. Is, did you do the art as well? Or it's kind of like you write the text of it and they like do the idea. So I pitched the idea and then I wrote the script and then I helped refine the actual art. And oh. then they translated the script into Japanese for the final comic. So I actually That's haven't so cool. seen the comic in English. Okay. You should tell them like sneak, sneak in a Snickers or something. <laughs> there is actually a hidden Gomez. Oh. Oh, yeah. good, good, and one good. of my favorite scenes is great. There's like the grandma is knitting and you see her in the background and there's actually she's knitting socks with uh, with the Jordan logo on it. Oh, your Jordan <laughs> logo. <laughs> <Just>, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was a great time. I had a lot of fun. So I actually also want to give a shout out to Taperclip, who was the one who drew it and translated it. Mm. And they did an awesome job. It was really fun collaborating with them. So hopefully it'll go somewhere. But we'll see. If not, we'll, we'll have the most meta Shonen flop episode of all time. But on that note, let's go to sign off. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Kendra. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah. Yeah. Flop, flop, flop. I just imagined Magikarp, sorry. (laughs) Oh, God. Flop, 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 flop.